This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Let me pick up from last time. We're talking about who we are in Christ. That's our present series. And uh, I trust you've been getting or really appreciating the importance of understanding who we are in Christ. Again, it is critical. If you're going to enjoy, if you're going to experience uh, anything of what God has for you in Christ, if you're going to truly appreciate the benefits of being born again, you've got to know who you are in Christ, and you've got a major on that. So we've been looking at our theme text uh, for this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If anyone or if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new species of being, a new creation altogether. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Amplified Version says this, If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new cre creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. And so we've been looking at, we've looked at who we are in Christ. We're looking at in Christ, that phrase. We looked at last week, the new creation or the new birth. What, com what comprises the new birth? I love that scripture where we looked at 1 Peter 1 verse 23, that you've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So again, when you got born again, when you said, Jesus, come into my life, I receive what you did for me. I, I believe you're the Son of God. Then you need to understand the life, the nature of God came inside your spirit. Because we established from 1 Thessalonians 5.23, man is a spirit, he has a soul, lives in a physical body. Man is a tripartite being. And so your spirit got re-energized. Your spirit got recreated. Your spirit got filled with the life and the nature of God. Again, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. And so what's supposed to happen now is this, is that we need to understand this and have our mind renewed to the new creation in Christ. I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures. I haven't looked at these ones before. But in Romans 6 verse 4, it says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, look at that phrase, we should walk in newness of life. Well, walking isn't a religion, walking isn't just a philosophy, walking isn't just something we do, you know, every, every once a week. This is a continual practice then. There is a lifestyle involved. There's, we've, so we've got, it says a newness of life. If there's a newness of life, then it means it's, it's different from what you had before. There is a, the life of Christ is inside the believer. That's why, again, I said maybe last week or the week before, quoted Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. 
So he realizes I had a life before I was with Christ, but when Christ came in, I've been crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you're saying, listen, I was used to a certain condition of life. No, now I've been disassociated with that. I've been disconnected with that by virtue of the life of God that's come on the inside of me. Hence, newness of life. Hence, new creation. I just love that. He says, we've been, I've got a newness of life. I was raised from death. So there's a consciousness, there's a, an awareness that when I received Jesus, a new life came into me and a dead life exited my life, exited my spirit. I'm telling you, if you're born again, your spirit is alive under God. Your spirit as the life, the nature of God on the inside of you, waiting for you to live out of. See, you were born again to live out of that recreated spirit. Now, another one you need to look at, Galatians chapter 6, verse 15 says this, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but what? A new creature. What matters? It's a new creature. What matters is that you're born again. What matters is that you are now born again with the life and the nature of God and you live in according to that new nature. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice we've seen the same words, newness of life, creation, created him right here. So a new man, which means if there was a new man, there was an old man. That means you're, you, the old nature that was in death, that was what was really characterized by a death spirit, has been renewed. So a new man has a new spirit. That's why Paul says if anyone be in Christ is a new creature, the old is past and the new has come. You're in Christ now. The life of God is on the inside of you. So the exercise, and I'm going to look at this scripture here. In Ephesians chapter 2, I need to look at that because this is going to really bless your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says this, And you has he quickened who were dead, in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Notice, you were dead. You notice, so you've got to understand this. There's a certain understanding the early New Testament church had relative to the new birth. They understood that when they got born again, they were transferred out of darkness. They were transferred out of a death spirit, if you will. And they had a new spirit put on the inside. They had a new relationship with God. So it says, you were quickened, who were dead, once dead, in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince or the ruler of the power of the air, talking about Satan, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but God who is rich in mercy talking about his goodness again for his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved.
and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So again, you need to understand this, that we talked about who we are in Christ and the phrase in Christ shows us the way God sees us. He sees you now separated from the sin life, from the death life, the death nature. He sees you with the life and the nature of his own son, Jesus the Christ, in you now. He sees you in Christ and not with the ability, the potential to live the way Jesus lived. And so this is important. There's a certain mindset we must have. And that's why I'm going to look at this one. So there's a mindset. So if anyone be in Christ is a new creature. Now why was Paul telling them that? Because he wanted them to think a certain way. He didn't want them to think like a sinner. He didn't want them to think with those same limitations as they had before. He wanted them to think, no, this is who you are now. You are a Christ one. That's where we get the word Christian, a Christ one or Christ-like. You now have the nature of Christ in you being born again with the life and the nature of God. Being born by his seed, 1 Peter 1 verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which lives and abides forever. You put your faith in him, now his nature came on the inside of you. And so there's a mindset. Ephesians 4 verse 24 says this, and it says, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness and he talks about in verse 23 being renewed in the spirit of your mind so there's a different a certain thinking you must have in order to appropriate this new creation reality in order to, to really enjoy who you are in Christ Jesus now let me also say this in Romans 12 verse 2 it says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, why is that? Well, a new creation who has the life and the nature of God, who has the very spirit nature of God on the inside of us, think about that. Now, in order to live out the way God wants us to live, then our mind has to change. We can't be thinking the way we thought before. Because what you think is what you'll believe, what you believe is what you'll say, what you'll say is what you'll live out. That will become your reality. But so once you need to understand, as you know who you are in Christ and believe on purpose what the word of God says to you, then it will change your world. It will change your life. And so let me wrap this part up by saying this. See, receiving Christ and his new birth is receiving the realities of God in Christ Jesus. So it's a whole new way of thinking. Knowing that I'm born again, I have the nature of God. In many ways, I am like Christ. Now, let me say this. You see, we've been robbed of the realities of the new birth and real life in him because we've emphasized our frailties outside of Christ. So many Christians are always thinking about, well, what they were before. They're thinking of them as the sinner before Christ. Now, Paul said this, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, if Paul didn't mention himself as an old sinner, as someone who was limited by his past, why should you and I? The same new birth he experienced is what you've experienced in Christ. And so the potential you have, he had to live for Christ is the same potential you or anyone else has. The thing is, what do we believe? Do we truly believe we're in Christ? We, do we truly believe that we've been given now by virtue of the new birth, the nature of Christ, the nature of God. We've been looking at some of the things that are really critical to you receiving uh, healing, your healing, and healing does belong to you. And again, we've been sharing what 
3 John 2 verse 1 says, From the aged apostle, Beloved, I wish, I will, I desire, above anything, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I'm going to go back. I kind of diverted at the end of the last broadcast. But this time I want to just focus in a little bit on uh, wrapping up the, um, the experience of, of, the, of healing that was received by Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. So it says here, the woman, when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind in Mark chapter 5, verse 27, and she came in the press and touched his garment. She said, now, why, it tells us why she did what she did. Now, why did she, why was she compelled to go out and touch Jesus' garment? Well, she said this, for if I, she said, if I may touch Buddy's clothes, I shall be whole. You notice her actions followed her words. She made a decision in her heart, and she said, she made up her mind, said, if I touch his garment, I shall be whole. Then she acted upon that. She made her mind up. Now notice, notice she said, I shall be whole. She didn't say, I might be whole. She didn't say, well, if it's God's will. No, she said, I shall be whole. Why? Because it was settled in her mind before she went out, before she spoke, before she acted, what was settled in her mind that healing belongs to her. She had heard of Jesus. She must have heard it is God's will. It was settled. That means her words, then her actions corresponded with what she believes. That's why we keep repeating some of these same scriptures to you, like 1 Peter 2.24, his own self. Bear our sins, bear your sins, personalize it in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. See, it says were there because in God's eyes, healing belongs to you. That provision was purchased. It's yours for the taking. It belongs to you. It is your right. It is your privilege. It's what belongs to you. If something belongs to you, it means you can have it, you can experience it, or you can just let it go. Now your faith, that woman said, I touch his garment, I shall behold. She said what belongs to her. You need to start saying, as we left off last week, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You need to start saying, he's forgiven all of my sins, and the same one who's forgiven my sins, he heals my diseases. He needs to start saying it. See, your word is one of the ways you release the power of God. Your word is one of the ways you agree with what belongs to you. You're saying what God says about you. Now, what's interesting here, you'll see this is really powerful, where she received her healing, but again, the process was this. She heard the word, she said it, she acted, and she received. That's the process here, folks. She heard it, she said it, she acted, she received. Now most people are trying to do it the other way. Receive it first, then say it. No, you need to agree with what, hear what God's will is. His will is for you to be, is that healing belongs to you. Then you start saying what belongs to you. You act in line with that, and that healing will come into your body, see, because healing belongs to you. Now it says this, she felt in her body that she was healed, and it, Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging thee, and you say, Who touched me? Now, this is interesting because it's included, one reason this is included in the scripture, 
Remember, the Bible, God doesn't waste words. He's not just putting words as filler. It's because there's a lot of people around Jesus. And this is only one person who'd receive their healing. Yet the anointed Son of God was right in their presence. What this simply means, not everybody who was in contact and touched Jesus, who was right beside him, not everybody received their healing. Why? For some, he was just a great celebrity. He was just a superstar of the day. But see, this woman reached out in faith. She believed. She received. She said. She acted upon it. And she received what belonged to her. Some people were just touching up on him, just maybe hoping. But there was no faith in it. That's why Jesus was shocked. That's why Jesus said there was that, that touch of faith touched him in such a way where someone made a demand on that healing power. Someone made a demand on what belonged to them. That's interesting. See, God doesn't mind you, make it, mind you making a demand on him for what belongs to you. This woman, she said, listen, I know what belongs to me. I'm coming to get it. And in fact, she'd already left. She didn't want to make a, a spectacle. She didn't want to make a scene. She just wanted to quickly sneak in, touch his garment, because that's what she said. That was her point of contact, and she scurried off. But then she said, and the woman says, who touched me? Verse 32 says, and he looked around to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, why would she need to come if she was right beside him? No, she'd already touched him, received her healing, and started moving, moving away from Jesus. But when she realized, boy, some, you know, something's happened in her body, she's healed. She said, I've been found because Jesus recognized her. Then she came back. Then he says this, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, it's interesting. Jesus does not say, well, the power of God made you whole. Yet we know that is what did it. He doesn't even say, well, my faith made you whole. He says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. That means your trust, your convictions, your firm persuasion. That is what materialized my, the healing in your body. You can say then, if her faith made her whole and complete in body, made her whole in health again, your faith can make you whole. I'm telling you, that's good news for anybody, regardless of your condition. And we already looked at the condition she was in. She was in a terrible condition. But yet her faith made her whole. How did it begin? She heard the right things. She heard God's word. What did she do? She said what she believed. What else did she do? Did she do? She acted upon what she believed and she received the promise of God. This is written for our example. It's one of the main ones. And, but, he, but Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Then he goes on and says, and be whole of thy plague. So he says, now, behold, of thy, behold, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace, where peace means nothing broken, nothing missing, complete wholeness, and be whole of thy plague. Now, why would he say that a second time? Be whole a second time. Well, she had lost a lot financially, materially. She had lost time. She's lost relationships as a result of her sickness and disease. 
I'm telling you, this picture, this, is, this shows the goodness of God. It shows his, his, his uh, magnificence. It shows his benevolence. It shows, shows the, mag, the, the magnitude of his thinking when, he talk, when, he's, when we talk about God being a good God. He's not just barely getting along. He didn't just want to experience a restored body. He said, no, everything you've lost as a result of this condition, the finances you've lost, the health you lost, the relationship you lost, the time, I'm going to restore that all back to you because then, and be whole of thy plague. And everything, everything that plague caused in your life, your body's restored, but now I'm going to bring complete wholeness and restoration into your life. Again, this is the goodness of God. I'm sharing this with you because I believe, according to the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, God's plan for you is complete restoration and wholeness. As you stand on his word here today, as we've shared the word of God, that's all we're sharing is what God says in his written word. As you believe the word of God, his will for you is good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. His will, his plan, is that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. As you allow these words to get into your heart and into your mind and think upon them and meditate upon them and get them in your mouth and start acting upon them and start thanking God for his goodness and what he's already provided for you, you're going to see his goodness manifested in your life and start speaking in line with that. Expect his goodness. Expect the very best. Again, a scripture, I might have said it before here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Again, he is good. That's why we quoted that scripture. His mercy endures forever. And his mercy belongs to you today. That's the plan of God for you today. And I'm encouraging you, like this woman, like this man, to experience the goodness of God. That's what he'll do for you. But let me go on. He says this. While he spake... Verse 35, they came from the rule of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why do you trouble the master? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult and them that wailed. And he said, Why do you make this ado? And he, but he, they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with them and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talithi kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say to you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were greatly astonished. Now, what's interesting is this. This woman interrupted Jesus going to Jairus' house to minister healing power into the body of Jairus' daughter. So again, faith is what moves Jesus. It's not sympathy. It's not pity. Now he's moved with the, with, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched with our condition and different challenges. But faith is what brings the answer. Faith is what brings his goodness, what causes us to receive of his goodness into our lives. So that's why faith is so important. But here, when Jesus continues now, this woman's healed, continues, remember faith is still moving here. This man's faith caused Jesus to follow him. Then the man hears, your daughter's dead, don't bother. Now Jesus says something amazing because he stops, he says to him, 
don't be afraid, only believe. Now it tells us, see, fear can stop us from believing the word of God. Now the, even though death came, the man had already released in, his faith in God's power. Now if he had stopped, if he had said, okay, well, I guess that's it. Nothing can be done. My daughter's dead. Now when I saw that years ago, I asked, well, only believe what? What was Jesus telling him to believe? Saying, he was telling him, don't be afraid of what you just heard, death, the death report. Believe what you first told me when you met me. You said, Jesus, my daughter's at the point of death, but if you'll come, lay your hands on her, she shall live. You see that? So the fear could have come by that report, but by him continuing to believe what he said to Jesus, that would keep Jesus moving in the direction to do what he had asked him to do originally. I'm telling you folks, folks, your faith in God, your faith in his word, don't allow anything, any report to rob that. Why? God's plan for you is good. Thank you for joining the broadcast today and for watching. As you've watched, maybe you say, I don't know God. Or maybe you once knew God and you're not uh, walking with him and trusting him at this time. Well, I've got some great news for you. God loves you. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to bring you into fellowship and in relationship with him. The Bible tells us in John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that whosoever means you and me. Today you can come to God. Today you can be in fellowship with God. You can walk with God. He desired to have fellowship with you and to show you his love and his goodness. You may say, how do I do that? Well, it's very simple. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if we will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we will be saved. So it's as simple as saying, God, I'm a sinner. I don't know you as my Savior. I'm not walking with you. But I believe you gave Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And I open up my heart and I receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. And that's the simple steps in coming in relationship with God. If you've confessed and if you've said that today, I want to say welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage if you've taken that step in following God and following Jesus Christ as your Lord. The next step is to begin to attend a Bible-believing church and hearing God's Word and praying daily. If you're in the area of Foundation for Life Family Church, we welcome you to come and fellowship with us and meet others. Feel free to contact us and write us. We'd love to get some information in your hands on how you can now grow in your new relationship with God. And welcome to the family of God. God bless you. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
We encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.